listeners, and welcome to the Rawcast. My name's James Rice, here to take you through the odyssey that is supporting the Brisbane Raw Football Club. And uh, we've got another jam-packed episode as the games keep on rolling. Rolling just like the holes in our home pitch are now. And two men that are well familiar with potato farming, uh, Mr. Dave Stewart, how are we? Hey, g'day, mate. How you going? Yeah, good, good. And Mr. Well, well, Dave. well-known potato farmer back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're used to replacing your divots, aren't you? When you're <laughs> when you golf, <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, mate. Yeah. And Mr. Danny Butler, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, getting there. Getting there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just get straight into it because it was a wet and soggy pitch yet again. I, I don't even know if it even dried out from the previous game against uh, the Phoenix. Uh, but a, a fresh shower that afternoon. And sure, it was wet and sloppy all over again out there at the Wildlife Aquatic Centre in Redcliffe. And it was Brisbane Raw 2. West United 1. Cop that, you USB formatting idiot, Mr. Rudin. It was Brindle South in the 72nd minute and Riku Danzak in the 90 plus 4th. Who doesn't love a late winner? Uh, West United did kick off the score in the 60th minute. Uh, it was about 2,183 people, which is 220% more than uh, West United fans at Amy Park. Ha! Cop that, you library <laughs> singing idiots. All three of you in the away bay. Um, <laughs> uh, there was Watch out for anyone running past. Yeah. Oh, yeah, running past, yeah. Uh, the bookings to Macaulay Gillespie in the 32nd minute. Uh, Ryan Scott picked one up for Western United in the uh, 73rd. And Jesse Daly picked up one for 75th, which will actually become more important in the next game. Anyway, Dave, I feel like yeah. some things happened in this game, and then it really kicked off. Yeah, look, yeah, you're right. Things happened in this game. The, the I mean, let's start with the pitch. It's, yeah. it's not in a great state, but it played better than it did against Wellington. So that's yeah. a positive. Joeick didn't have to, you know, stop mid run just to go retrieve the ball. <laughs> so that was that was nice. Um, but it was Joeick was only up to his um, soles in water, not up to his ankles in water. That's that's it. But it, it cut up something bad. Like there was photos beforehand of the pitch. It looks nice in the photos, but once you have twenty two players running up and down on it for by the stage it got to I don't know forty five fifty minutes, it was just cutting up something terrible. And um, I really look forward to seeing how it goes uh, on Wednesday, tomorrow as we record, because there was also a Dolphins rugby league game on Sunday there. So we'll see how that goes. I know we're jumping ahead, but have you seen the weather forecast for for tomorrow as we record? So we're recording this on Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look. um, (laughs) Apparently, if you need rain and reckless, bring a a snorkel. (laughs) Bring a snorkel. But yeah, no, the the game itself, though, um, Ryan Scott was pretty good. Um, for <clears throat> West United, we were piling on the pressure a little bit, and um, he pulls off. Man, I, I said this pre-show. Um, if if we lose Jamie Young for whatever reason, I would happily try and pinch Ryan Scott from West United. He has uh, he has some ability as a keeper because um, he and he seems to do it every time. We yeah, okay, we scored two, we won this game, but he seems to pull off save after save after save against Brisbane, and it's just really. Uh, really quite quite decent, quite good reactionary save. So um, he he was probably man of the match for the first half um, with uh, oh, with a few people in the crowd, obviously picking on maybe the the villain of the match um, in their minds being Barisha. But we'll come to that in a moment. But um, yeah, it, it opened up once the substitutions came in, as we saw with the goals being scored after United made their first sub. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, 
it felt like it had been building Dan up until that stage a bit, if you can recall back that far, that sort of, you know, yeah, we'd been dominating, and it just felt like we were actually set up for the sucker punch a bit when they did actually score. Yeah, I think so. The first half was a bit bogged down too. Like, when it's wet, you start slow and cautious, and it's a bit more, like, tiring on the legs, running on the wet ground. So I think as the game went on, it opened up a bit, went went a bit more end-to-end, which... Funnily enough, probably suits both teams. Western United like playing pretty loose, and we definitely got on breaks. We got pretty quick players, all things considered. So, yeah, it was good. I think the subs coming on came on at the right time. I think Western United got in early and changed the pace of the game, and we were a bit. I'm not going to say we were slack to respond. I mean, you just make your subs when you make your subs. No, no criticism that they scored before we got too many changes in. It just happens sometimes. Mm. Um, it was weird. Like I, I feel like I, I remember just feeling like it was coming though inside the, in the stadium. It was sort of like, oh, this is just. And the more we went on, where Ryan say was making those great saves, as Dave was sort of talking about, the more it just sort of felt inevitable they were about to score. And and it really it was, it was honestly, I it was I was having those thoughts, and then Wales all of a sudden is putting it in the back of the net, and um, the left hand side, the right hand side of our defence has just fallen apart, and Brindle South pushed way too far up the field this and just didn't chase back, and that's way too much ability. Yeah, that was it. It felt just... inevitable that it was going to get to that point. But yeah, it's what it is. Mm. But the, the good thing was at least we responded as well. So, um, you know, that was, yeah, okay, yeah, we sub on and we and our subs help change it as well. And, you know, Parsons is great in that regard and in getting getting involved and setting up sort of two chances. And uh, we'll get to that in a second. But that was, yeah, certainly the subs changed the game. They just subbed first. But maybe Rudan felt, you know, he, he had the twinges. We were the ones having the better chances, which the highlights will show. So he probably was the one that needed to respond first to, to make the change. And then, then we were there. So, yeah. yeah well, the, the change, change led directly to a goal, as, as you mentioned. I think it was Diamante played in Wales, um, who had been on the field for all of about 30 seconds by that point. And um, it, it really kind of... Supposed to spark the whole game into life from that point onwards because mm. until that point, while there are opportunities, um, <clears throat> I think the level of opportunity and the level of play actually increased a little bit from that point onwards. So it was, um, and obviously it forced Warren Moon to make changes. It forced Warren Moon to look at what he could do to you know, change the game in our favour. Um, where obviously, um, obviously that worked in the end because we've ended up scoring a late winner. But you know, even things like um, uh, what was I going to say? We had um, uh, Parsons coming on you know, with about uh, with about twenty odd minutes to go, which seems to be his uh, the, the go-to for um, for Warren Warren at the moment is to bring on Parsons with about twenty to go, unleash him on a, a tired defence and let the kid run. Um, seems to be seems to be kind of the the, the go-to play, aside from, you know, the standard sub in Akbari or, and Jesse Daly, whichever one's on the pitch, because they will mm. absolutely get... One will get 65, 70 minutes, the other one will get the rest of the game. It's just a stock <laughs> standard change for now. You can almost see your watch to it, can't you, that one? Like, it's it's just, yeah, we just absolutely. have one player. It's just Akbari Daly. It's yet another hyphen name in the team. <laughs> Daly Akbari, <laughs> Akbari Daly. It's... Yeah. it's, it's it's not so look it's and that's fine because you know, yeah you'll have changes that you'll make to change a game up but there's also changes that will change the tempo in the midfield he obviously sees the two players it's interchangeable when it comes to that akbari maybe a little bit better because he tends to play akbari more but in this heavy congestion of you know fixtures it, it's basically you know switch them around we'll, we'll come to daily like you said a bit later on because there'll be some implications on his his game going forward but mm. um but uh, yeah, you can basically stuff one for the other, and just they're the same person almost in that respect. But um, 
Yeah. But yeah, Probably. obviously that shortly after that led to led to us scoring. Yeah, that's it. I did want to. Sorry, there was something from the first half we hadn't really covered off, and I don't remember this, but a, a Gillespie challenge on Barisha, um, which I think people thought the Barisha. Yeah, right up on halfway that was. Yeah, smashed him. Smashed him. Yeah, it was, a, it was a nasty challenge. Yeah, yeah he got bad. in good. The crowd gave Barisha booze, really unjustified in my opinion. He was, um, he was got pretty good. It was pretty orange. It was, as I've written in the notes, it was a deep orange card. If it was if it wasn't red, it was deep orange. It was yeah. um, Gillespie was lucky to get away with it, in my opinion. He's become a lot sloppier, has uh, Mr. Gillespie in the last uh, yeah last couple of months. He used to be so clean. Well, anyway. maybe he should just sign a contract and be done with it. He'll play better. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe all these contract talks are weighing on him. Uh, yeah, but he does. You know, we'll we'll just roll back to where you were before that. And uh, yeah, it did sort of lead on to our you know our second goal. Obviously, yeah, we had to respond um, after. West United, and it didn't really take us long, um, Dan, with uh, Parsons with the assist, and and uh, Brindle's uh, forcing a good save once again out of um, out of Jan- out of Ryan Scott, and uh, yeah, then um, Brindle South, Johnny on the spot at the back stick, just where you yeah, want we'll your right. Eh? This is this is a beautiful kind of goal in the sense of like this is how we want to be scoring goals because it starts on one side. Uh, in this case, I think Dylan's out there and he cuts in uh, across the face, he does. which defenders don't know what to do with that. And the square ball to Parsons was was nice. And Parsons just, this is why he's so good. It's all the little things you do. He gets it, and he's kind of got two defenders about a meter in front of him. And they're both, because the ball's going sideways and Dylan's going sideways, they're just sort of shimmying sideways. And so he just drops his shoulder and goes straight through that gap with his first touch between them. And it takes them both out of the game. And so then defenders are scrambling and it, like, encroaching on him so when he hits the shot across goal and the keeper saves it there's no one out on brindle south at that point they've all moved in to squish the space in the six yard box so just just a simple touch from a creative player sometimes we really we really like sometimes over the last like five years even we've kind of lacked that and he's got a real knack for spaces and and the, the little touches and getting in between players it's just beautiful to watch and brindle south scoring at the back i mean you're playing wing backs it's good that they have the wherewithal to know to get into the box when the opportunity presents. Yeah, like he's absolutely. not just loitering out on the on the wing waiting for the long ball so he can throw in a high cross again. Mm. Well, yeah, he, he seems to do that a little bit too. This is the second goal he scored from that sort of position where he's yeah. come in, got the got the scraps. So, and I think he almost did it against City as well in the game we're going to talk about shortly. But um, yeah, it's good to see. That's the one thing Hingit doesn't have. He doesn't get up there for those opportunities. So. That's yep. um, it's probably a, a plus when it comes to Brindle South's game over um, over Hingit. But um, uh, but yeah, I, I think we'll have those opportunities a bit more coming forward. As obviously the um, I think it's out for a little bit now. Especially but... with the way we play now, right? Because without getting into it too much, we're a bit. I see us as a bit uh, asymmetrical. We play a lot short, sharper down the right hand side, and we leave a lot of space at the left hand side because both Corey and Joey like to get one-on-one with their man. So yeah. we do, we, we definitely push the game to one side of the field and play long. And then when someone like Joey or Corey breaks or they overlap or whatever they do, it then sucks all the players back across the other side and then it leaves leaves the room on the far end for players to come in. So I think we do go side to side a fair bit just through the nature of how we play. So yeah, if you've got wingbacks pushing up, looking to score as well. Like, I don't, I don't know if Corey will ever get into those spaces, but I think the way that he plays versus the way that Brindle South is playing, it works well, because one will, one will pressure the goal, whereas one will try and suck players out and throw in crosses. 
Yeah, that's it. Corey's much more likely to be sort of whipping it across from, you know, so that on the edge of the sixteen yard, on the edge of the eighteen yard box, uh, whereas. Yeah, where, yeah, where JBS might be more pushing down, and, and probably Jack's always been a bit more that way, you know, staying at least, you know, almost outside the box wide as such. So, you know, it's just different thoughts and different habits, I guess. And yeah, look, it's worked for him. His second so, goal this I'm season from pretty just much. Just doing a really on that. I'm just doing a really quick check of the, I suppose, the heat map of each player. Brindle South obviously had his defensive variant. He was on for a lot longer, but um, he is he's pretty much hugging the touchline and then has that little bit just inside the box. Hingit, admittedly, was only on for a very short period of time. Um, he was actually far more advanced. He, he didn't really kind of go defensive all that much. And Okay, he only had 10 minutes on the pitch, but for his 10 minutes, he was very much up in the um, up in the Western United area. So, yeah, interesting. Um, and I'm just looking at the website, on the A-League website for their heat maps, touch maps, and not, not at the moment. But it's interesting that um, Hingit was probably a little bit more advanced. Um, mm. yeah. Percentage of his play. Anyway. Uh... That probably then led on to the, well, probably the one of the biggest talking points, I guess, from a Brisbane point of view, is the the goal that was eventually disallowed due to everyone's favourite three-letter acronym in the A-League. We got VARD. We got VARD harder than, you know, things that happen in studios in in, uh, in Los Angeles or maybe the back of taxis. Um I don't even know where you want to start with this one. Dylan, I mean, we can probably start with how good a sort of goal it was. It was a lovely sort of chip over the top, and Dylan does well to control it. Dave and... It was a flick on, right, was a flick on from, um, from Parsons, I think. Mm. I don't know who it was that flicked it on in the first place. It might have been Danzaki, but then Parsons got the flick on into, into Wenzel's Halls' path. Um, in his control, his, his hand is connected with the ball, and he's gone through and put it past Ryan Scott. Great finish. Take away the you know the control part of it. Excellent finish. Then somehow the A League had had managed to find um, footage from a, a, a knocker thirty three ten from I don't know back in two thousand and two um, that had been you know stuck the, on the back. You know of the best a, feature of that phone is right, don't you? I made up the number, man. I have no fucking idea. No, no. Hey. The, the joke. The joke I know you're referring to. I think was yeah. Was a thirty three ten. A thirty three ten doesn't have a camera. Yeah, there. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. I picked that out of my fucking eyes. That number. Yeah, um, good effort. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's it, it's a pretty grainy sort of shot, not just behind the goal, but through the fucking net, yeah. <laughs> and and it catches his arm for for half a second as he's running through. So, I mean, hard done by is probably an understatement, but by the letter of the IFAB law, as um. As Fox seems to constantly bang on about at the moment with their commentators, they love referring to IFAB. It's all I fucking hear about in the A League commentary at the moment. Dollar every time you mention it. I reckon yeah. they must be on some sort of sponsorship deal that's undisclosed because they should, you know, ACCC should get involved in fucking disclose, getting them to disclose that because it's coming up too often. Anyway, um, they can take the A League away from them. That can be the punishment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snap. Let's go on anyway. Let's face it. Um, Yes. But the but the um yeah, so the the grainiest of photos. Look, okay, yeah, if that's uh, the law is that way, that's fine. Um we'll touch on where that law has been uh, maybe not applied correctly shortly. But um This took too long though, right? Here's the problem. This is why yeah. VAR still shit. It took too long, it took like two or three minutes, which say what you like, we didn't get that back at the end of the game in injury time. Um the ref, like the VAR, looks at it and grainy picture or not, the VAR can see enough evidence that it might need to be overruled. 
at that point, the ref has to go and have a look again, which I can't understand because handball's handball, right? Like, it's pretty clear cut, especially with the rule change from IFAB. Give me that dollar. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we just elongate this process. As soon as it hits his hand, VAR just should say, hit his hand, it's out. Just just get on with it. That shouldn't if take you, more than you, 30 seconds to figure out. If you, if you remember back, though, when we had um, Jared Gillette was mic'd up for that game, the reason he went to the screen is, uh, he, I think his words were like, I'm going to go over to the screen to sell the decision. So it helps sell the decision to the crowd and the fans that it's gone and been reconsidered. So, you know, That's I cool. agree with you. It does take too long. It was never meant to take this long. It was meant to remove the howlers from the game. Is this really a mm. howler? Well... Yeah. Uh, you anyway. know what? I agree. That's what he did in that case. However, we've had VAR long enough now. That was one of the early instances of VAR. Mm. It was like, you know, first half a season or so. Um, we've had VAR long enough now to know that VAR's going to look at every single situation anyway, any, any single sort of game-changing situation like a goal. So we know VAR's going to do that. Let's get VAR to come to make the call. I know the referee has to make the ultimate call, but the VAR's making the ultimate call on the offside. So this, you know, why not just do this as well? Um, if it's a clear-cut situation of is it handball or not, make the fucking call, and then just the most important thing is relay it on the on the fucking big screen, right? Because yeah. if you're in the crowd, you're going to be sitting there for two or three minutes wondering why they haven't kicked off again. And then oh, all we of a do sudden, get replays. We do get replays at the moment, so we do need. get replays. But but they have it in in the UK where it's you know no goal offside, mm-hmm. no goal handball, something like that. Have put that up there. Just just put it up there because man, I think we're looking at a score bug on the screen at the Dolphins. To be honest, so that might be a bit too complicated for Dolphins. But I don't yeah, know. Look, look, score bugs are tough. Just ask Fox Sports. Yeah. They um, put the same stat up for everything. Anyway, yeah, the um, the the um, but it's it shouldn't be hard that hard to have a standardized template graphic uh, that VAR can can force the broadcast of, and it says. Offside, handball, or whatever. If it's not a goal, you know, mm. it's. I mean, they had the Macca's fucking logo coming up saying VAR check. VAR was getting involved for the previous years. What's different here? It should have a graphic that has the four things that they're allowed to rule on, and it just highlights like it grays out the ones that it's not ruling on right now, and it just shows you. You know, so there's like offside, handball, mistaken oh, identity, penalty, whatever. Problem is, they'll throw like, in an extra extra topic called other, and they'll just do that for half the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> which is that's the reason for having it, is right? Because I'm pretty sure VAR gets involved in a lot more shit than was mandated. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on from that anyway, because we've got more VAR talk as well. Um, so yeah, that was got yes, Ben for this. Yeah. <laughs> really oh, I'm the... glad we don't have Ben for this. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then it sort of, yeah, there was a couple of big sort of scrambles and, you know, the, the, as you said, like, after the subs, this game really came with the light and there was probably two real big scrambles and one either side of the most important part of that. But the first one, Jamie Young, incredible near post save, Dave, and then Corey Brown sweeping across the back. Um, yeah, we talked about where Corey does his best work, but this was also some good defense. <laughs> From from the um, from the images on TV, uh, they they looked at it a couple of times at the replays, not VAR necessarily, but the TV uh, or Fox producers looked at it a couple of times to see whether that ball went over the line. They came to the conclusion it was inconclusive, and they said, yeah, probably okay, but it was pretty it was pretty last minute at the death sort of um, headers away by Corey Brown, who was leaning forward a significant a significant angle to get to that ball in the first place. So it was. Um, yeah, heart in the mouth sort of stuff. I couldn't imagine what it would have been like if you're up in the stands watching that just 
and kind of pinball around in the area right in front of you. Yeah, well, that's it. It was down the den end, so yeah, it was right in front of me. And yeah, I remember Corey was his most of his body was quite inside the goal. So um, yeah, it was like, oh, that's close. At the time, um, I think it. I don't think the ball, the full ball, crossed the whole of the line. Um, but we don't have cameras in good enough positions to help Fox make a ruling on that, and we don't have goal line technology. So yeah, that was it was. You never introduced goal line technology, and everyone's happy. I've <laughs> seen I've seen Fox try and draw lines even with the VAR. I don't think we should trust them. Yeah, it's a shame that uh, it's just a shame Robbie Slater wasn't there to go down to the goal line and have a look for himself. Yeah, we, we couldn't get um, his job. Yeah, isn't that what Cosby's job is? Yeah, couldn't he have that's done it. that? Yeah, that's they didn't need to replay that one. Was, it was a bit wet. Maybe get Nick Meredith to have a have a go down there with action shoes, <laughs> just in case. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it is wet. It is wet and soggy around that goal mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ryan, so, Scott, Ryan Scott did a did a, a diving saving came out with half a body pitch on his left on his right hand side, mate. Yeah. It was. He was caked in it like it's like a scene from the like little you know 80s where he's bloody diving on mud pitches. It's just it was mm. insane. Can't remember um, what they did but they changed something at him. He did have a good chuckle about it. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. Um, there was as we kind of get onto the last bit of this game, well, last two bits really, because the, yeah. the goal actually wasn't the final say in this game. Um, Danzaki putting away the winner in the 94th minute. I give massive praise to Corey Brown for the ball in though, into him, though. A little one-two with Danzaki. Danzaki's played it to Brown, then turned and gone. But Brown has completely just played it perfectly, weighted it perfectly to put it into Danzaki's path, into the space. Kudos to, to Brown for that particular ball. He, I think he'd been trying it a few times in the game, but that was... It came off perfectly there. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that, yeah, Corey's got now. I think that deft touch is something he has gotten better. At over over the years, um, a deft touch of play and little chips like that. And so, um, yeah, that's quality play. Danzaki, quality finish. Um, Ryan Scott was just standing there. He just sort of watched it go past him and knew he couldn't make the save and the defence sort of fell away. So, uh, yeah, it was um, that was a good finish. Good time to go mental in the den um, right at the end. Um, you know, <laughs> that would have been crazy. Would have been crazy. Um, I mean, there had been plenty else going on in that game as well, so that we don't need to get into. Um, yeah, it was an it was an entertaining night at the football, especially the second half. The first half, f, but yeah, the second half was it was really entertaining in the end and, and worth the trick out there on a Wednesday night. So um, yeah, I certainly got my money's value worth anyway. So um, oh, and you know, and of course, I forgot to mention that uh, the best thing was there, the. Uh, Margate hot bread pies were there, and they even had warm donuts, which on a cold night, that was a very smart idea. Oh, wow. Warm donuts. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's all I'd ever want, to be honest. I'd probably just load up on them and say, see you later. I'm going to go sit in my yeah. seat to see donuts for the rest of the night. <laughs> um, but as you say, though, it wasn't the last... Despite the fact that it happened in like the 90 plus four, and I think there was maybe four minutes of time added on, it was not the last moment of the game. Uh, the goal mouth experiment when Wesley and I had one last chuck at, at the goal and they got a corner... Then it, that was another mad scramble and just lucky. To get away. <laughs> it's funny how many people can you squish into the six yard box? Yeah, <laughs> it's a, everyone in. If we put enough bodies in the way, they can't get through. That's crazy. There was people slipping over, people bloody sticking out legs and flailing around. How it didn't incur some kind of handball or other infraction, I don't know. But I think yeah. that's a testament to our scramble throughout the whole half, to be honest. We already talked about the other one. Where Young instigated a bit of a scramble and we saved one, but there were a few instances in our own half where we really, really scrambled. Like I want to point out a 
Kytruan again. I don't mention him every time we're on, but he's got this like I almost wonder if he's just a little bit off the pace sometimes, but he makes up for it in desperation. <laughs> Because the amount of times that he lunges to stick out a leg and block a cross or a shot or to get in the path of someone is is incredible. I really love the effort from that kid. So I think that's a really good assessment of Kyle True, and he could he can be a better defender when he improves his positioning. Mm. But um, but Christ, yeah, if you if you want someone's going to put the effort in to fix any mistakes, he's going to do it every time. And that's not a bad thing. That's that's a very good thing to have as a defender. Um, yeah, recover. It's recovery. Yeah, recoverability. I don't know if that's a word, but recoverability um, sounds all right. I can yeah, it. sounds right. Sounds like it might be made up, but that's that's you know what I mean. Like you said, recovering from something went wrong, or you know, I fallen behind, or I had to quite position myself, but recovering to get and make and make an effective tackle, make an effective block. That's that's a good talent to have. So um, yeah. The weirdest thing about all that is you're saying is you know there was pretty much most of the both teams were inside the box, but the only one that wasn't inside the box was Jamie Young because the first as the corner came in, he sort of had to save it right at the near post, and he ended up like out, over the outline as like the final shots coming in, and then you see the shot just sail wide, and he's sort of just getting back onto the actual field. It was <laughs> it was a good goal mouth scramble. So and uh, thankfully they didn't get in the net, and we walk away two on winners, but. There was another matchup that we need to talk about. Well, I just popped this one in there because I've yeah. been playing around with the heat map and the touch maps on the A League website while we've been chatting. And um, well, neither of these would have had much impact on the heat map, I imagine. Well, this is this is kind of why I wanted to. Well, no, but I wanted to quickly touch on Brad Eman, first game back against Brisbane since he um, since he left to go to India and then came back and played for USBs. He got 10 minutes. Well, he came on at the 80th minute. It was obviously, it was, like you said, it was about seven or eight minutes after that. So we had 15, 16 minutes. Um, Gorgon Brody came on six minutes later, so he had probably about 10 minutes in the game. These are probably two of our most maligned players of the past 12 months um, from a Brisbane perspective, but as much as we malign Golgo, he is ours at the moment, so we're going to malign Brad in a bit more. Um, <laughs> of course, one of Dan's favourites, um, Brad <laughs> um, I yeah. wanted to kind of ask you guys, who do you think got the most touches in their time on the field? Was it like two touches to one touch? It close. Oh my god! <laughs> two touches I mean, to three touches. Oh, I feel like the goal goal might have might have edge edged the the get out man man. Yeah, he had uh, he had two touch touches in the penalty penalty area and one just outside the penalty area to Bradyman's <clears throat> two in midfield. Uh, neither of them are that far forward or far back but to have. How do you have 15, 16 minutes on the pitch and have two touches? Especially late in the game where it's a bit more scramble and you're an attacking option. Like, you would expect the space to open up or if you're a reasonable attacking player, to find the space. I mean, there's a, there's a dude that came on like seven minutes after him at West United. He had two touches. <laughs> I, I, how do you do that? Nah, Brad Inman subscribes to the Lachlan Wales school of substitutions. You just score with your first touch. <laughs> and if you don't do that, you just stand around and do nothing. Just out of practice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because, yeah, Iman had no impact in his 17 minutes on the pitch. And I'll call it now, right? also had no impact, but at least he had no impact for us. I'll call it now. Iman will get released from Western United at the end of the season. He'll end up at another A-League club and he'll be useless there as well. And he'll just... For the rest of his career now, he'll just do a rotation around A-League clubs until they stop hiring him. He's just... Oh, man. And that's not a, like, a necessarily just Brad Inman thing. <laughs> like, He's going to NPL. It's just the A-League has such a reputation for just recycling these guys that are just never up to snuff. 
and I, I can't understand it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with Dave. I, I agree with Dave. He'll, oh no, I agree with Dan. He'll get recycled. Yeah, someone even if he does get dropped, I can't remember. He might have signed an eighteen-month contract though, so he might be with them next season. He probably right, is. Let's, assuming anyway. that he's assuming that he's not there next year, where's he go? Just call out a club and just and, and put it out of the table, and we'll just come back yes. and see if we're right. Yeah. Did you say Dan? That's Newcastle. Uh I was going to say Perth Glory. Yeah, I was going to say Perth as well, but I'm going to say Adelaide. Oh, no, I don't think you'd end up like, in Adelaide. They're going a bit younger. Hey, you already said Perth. Couldn't go Perth. I wanted to go Perth, but you said... Actually, no, I'll say Wellington. We'll end up at Wellington. Oh, poor Knicks. They don't deserve that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Let's move on, because uh, we do have another game to talk about, so there's plenty to talk about this one. There's probably plenty to talk about this, this one as well. Uh, this was on Sunday afternoon, a big Mother's Day clash down in Melbourne at Haney Parks. Uh, Melbourne, but it was Melbourne City 3, Connor Metcalf in the 14th minute, uh, officially a known goal for Kai True in the 17th, and uh, Galloway in the 73rd with a peach of a finish. Uh, and for Brisbane Royals at 2, had Joey C in the 28th and Macaulay Gillespie in the 38th pulled us back to 2-2 at the time. Uh, 4,500 roughly in attendance there. Uh, bookings, plenty of bookings in this one. Uh, Jesse Daly in the 32nd minute, and that means that he's suspended for the next game. So he's racked up his five, and he gets to miss our upcoming home game, which is tomorrow night as we record. So, um, yeah, and he was yanked at halftime because uh, it was a bad yellow. Uh, for Melbourne City, Nuno Reese in the 46th, Scott Galloway in the 49th, Nabuti in the 86th, and old Brisbane Raw boy Aidan O'Neill on the 87th. Um, Dave, we were, we were lucky it was ever 2-2 in this game, I think it's probably <laughs> fair to say. We, but, we were shit in the first 25 minutes. We were so bad. Oh, we shouldn't have been 2-0 down. We should have been 4-0 down. We were terrible. It was... um. I, I actually tweeted, I tweeted for the broadcast that particular game, and I said after 24 minutes, can someone tell the team that we started the game 24 minutes ago? And, you know, someone must have, because he scored four minutes later, so it, it obviously worked. Um, but yeah, we were shit. We were really bad. Yeah, it was it was just it was just one way of traffic down uh, that early stage and, until we sort of managed to pull them back and get ourselves into it. But uh, they were, they were, you could see probably why they're top of the table, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, it's it's hard. I wonder if we were intimidated a bit knowing that. Like, I I feel like I mean, us included, the culture is fairly in the lead up has been Melbourne City are the hot team, and they're going to run you off the park, and they're the fittest, and they've got the best depth and the best rotation, and they're just fitter and going to smash everyone. And we we kind of went in with that attitude and just let them, and it wasn't. Yeah, let's just roll on because we were getting smashed and one spark, then all of a sudden we went, holy shit, maybe we can actually get something out of this, and it changed the game. So, In fairness, they are probably the best team in the league at the moment, and it's not just because, um, uh, just, you know, it's not, I don't think it's really a case of us looking at our own selves and saying, oh, we're not as good as them. They're actually playing, you, you could probably match the teams up pretty well. I think the second half was a different story to the first, in terms of how that all kind of plays out, but in terms of form, City have been Streets ahead of anybody else in the league, just because they put goals like they got a goal scorer that was on fire. They really worked the ball around well, and I don't think it's a, I don't think it's something that you can't say they're not the form side. Even though we were on a pretty good unbeaten run ourselves, um, they were they're definitely the side that's playing the best football 
throughout the league at the moment. So I don't think it's too far removed to say that they were favourites for a good reason. I think that's that's still fair. But with that said, I think we're probably second best in the league. This game was a nice little window to that, I think. This is... Mm. This is. I'm not going to say this is a grand final kind of preview, but I could easily see that being the case um, with the way that both teams are playing. Yeah, I mean, we had been, you know, that uh, Western United game, we'd won, what, four in a row uh, going into this, I think, off the top of my head? Three, four, you know, four uh, in a row. Going into that no, one, hang on, no, no, we had four, three. Unbeaten in about seven, but that was, we'd come off a draw prior to yeah. that one. That's true. Um, it was yeah. I think we'd won four and four and five though. We'd won because um, yeah, we had two draws before that. So yeah, unbeaten in seven. Um, yeah, but you know, as we also talked about in the preview, there's like <laughs> this is not a happy hunting ground for us against Melbourne City. It's even worse. We've literally only beaten them once, which was the very first season they existed when they were still Melbourne Heart. Um, and so I think there is an intimidation factor when we go there because there is you know our, our history is just not good when we go and play in Melbourne. So. You know, and it just took us too long to get into the game, and by that stage we're already two 0 down and trying to claw it back. Um, and you know, and we're lucky that they just weren't already four or five up uh, because they were just wasteful and just all hit the post. And uh, yeah, you know, J-Mac couldn't J-Mac could not hit the goal to save himself. So you know, and that's Christ. yeah, um, <laughs> Thank and that's bloody, that, that was pretty much played out in the two goals as well. Like we were just sort of statues for both of them, um, really, and. It just sort of seemed inevitable that they would score. So yeah, I don't. There's not. I guess probably the main thing is I don't know. Unless you did you either of you really want to talk about the first goal, but we can get into the controversy around the second one if you want. No, I, Tony, I, you go. Yeah, you're right, man. I had nothing really to add to it. <laughs> All I was going to complain about was the fucking Fox Sports commentators. I I pretty much nearly muted it after this because I know City were good, but it's just if you listen to them. Every city player is a soccerer now, like fucking obviously. Even McLaren, Craig Noon. Yeah, they're like, yeah, <laughs> like oh, McLaren, he's going for soccerer's duty soon. You know, to boot, he'll be going for soccerer's duty soon. And then it's like Metcalf scores a goal, pretty good goal, but it's like, oh, he's got to be like, forget the Olympics, he'll be at the soccerer's in June. And it's just like every player that touched the Tom Glover, oh, what a keeper! And then he let in that that goal to Joey, and they stopped saying <laughs> shit like that. But just the first <laughs> half an hour was like. God damn it, we can tell you from bloody down south, you bloody commentators, stop it. <laughs> Not every city player is a bloody soccer. Curtis Good, he's the best defender in Australia. He's going to be the... I'm like, I mean, he's probably no Trent Sainsbury, but he's probably all right. But <laughs> I just can't wait to see Luna in a soccer is kit. Um, <laughs> you know, the... Uh, um, jam- jam- they just go yeah. on and on. Like Galloway, for f- not Galloway. Um, who's the other one? The other idiot? Jamison. Jamison. And then the other idiots. Like, they pretty much oh, they're all they're all idiots. Um but yeah, they just go on and on and bang on about every player in that team as a soccer and I just got so sick of hearing it. It's like, look, they're playing great as a team. Some of the parts is fantastic. They're not all the best players. Some of them are great, no. definitely, but not every single one of them, geez. No. And if you took them out of the system, they wouldn't necessarily be playing as well. Uh yeah. But probably so the second goal controversy, Dave. Yeah. Um, yep. it's all tell us, tell us what happened and then why it's wrong I want to know okay so <laughs> we mentioned earlier about Dylan Wenzel Hall's getting denied, a, denied for a handball because he controlled the ball in the running of it the law actually states if you if it's an accident or otherwise if you control the ball and it leads to a, a goal scoring opportunity or a or a goal 
then it's a handball. <clears throat> now, the ball that went out to Craig Noon was a, a long ball out to him. It came, I think it came off the upper part of his chest as he was trying to control it, hit his arm, and then went out to someone else, to uh, also to, to Jamison, to, to um, obviously whip the ball across for Trowan to score. Now, the fact it's come off Noon's arm in the lead-up to that should automatically disqualify that for being a goal. That's... Uh, that's um, <clears throat> led to a goal-scoring opportunity, which they have put away. It doesn't need to be directly. It doesn't need to be the you know the next touch. It doesn't need to be a pass to an, for an assist. It's just in that in that action, and it's not like it was you know, 30 seconds beforehand. It was about three seconds beforehand. So it's um it's clear mis- misapplication of the of the laws of the game, which which they somehow managed to do correctly when J-Mac did the same thing moments before. He handballed the ball in controlling it, turned shot, scored a goal, but it was called off for handball. <clears throat> it's the same thing. Each of those options, each of those situations is exactly the same as each other in the sense that the ball was controlled by the arm, created an obvious, created a goal-scoring opportunity, which both of which went in the goal. One was correctly called off, uh, one was correctly scratched off, the other one was not. And um, therefore, it was robbed. We should have come away with. Well, we should have been leading at halftime. Would have changed the game. Ridiculous! It really is. And you don't even. How do you follow? You say you describe the rule perfectly. And how does the referee not get that? Has he got some sort of addendum that we don't know about? That it's not even the, the rule. It's not even the referee oh, at the time. VAR needs to pick that up yeah. for sure. It's. I'd imagine it'd be easy enough for Sean Evans to miss that in the heat of the moment in the run of play because it was quick. It might not have looked like it come off his arm. You know, it, players are moving at pretty fast speed around him, but that's something that the ref, the VAR should be honing in on. Now, with that said, fuck VAR. <laughs> if right. VAR wasn't there, we'd still be complaining about this goal, but at least we wouldn't have VAR to come back and say, well, they should have fucking done it better. We'd be just complaining that the referee missed a bad decision. That's We'd right. live if with you, our lives. If you're right. going to use VAR, you have to get the calls right. If you're, you just, if you're just using VAR to make subjective decisions on grey areas within the game, then you're not really... You don't need it, because you can make those decisions in the grey areas without it. So, just piss it off. Bingo. Fuck VAR. Getting in the bin. Anyway, Sean Evans is still a dick. He fucked up one of our short corner routines, too. He had a mare (laughs) corner as well. Because overall, he was shit. It's the second half. We shouldn't get on the second half stuff until we're ready to, but... Fuck fuck all the referees. It's sort of, yeah. (laughs) Look, it's... Yeah, it's uh, I, yeah. I, I try to keep finding ways that maybe that this to save this. Like, what were they even trying to find to save it? Like, is it because it came off another player? Like another player headed in as that close contact thing. But that one seems to sort of disappeared a bit. Like, I think that what you talked about, Dave, overruled that for sure. Like, I just you know, I was like, did I think I put it on Twitter at the time? Like, does the fact it ended up as an own goal somehow vaguely overrule it? But you know, did that ever responded to me? No, which I, I agree with. I was just sort of trying to be devil's advocate a little bit like yeah you just there's no like you're just trying to attack that like i'm trying to attack the decision that we got made like or try to support it i should say i just i can't find anything and it's ah. anyway well said well said that last bit Especially <laughs> considering the night before sydney got a controversial penalty against them for exactly the same thing it was a goal mouth thing uh ball bobbled up and, and glanced someone on the lower arm and there was a penalty against them and yeah they were upset about that already and what I'm worried about is if they took that interpretation of the ruling and changed it for the next day, which, you know, 
then you get into that, well, should they keep pushing forward and trying to get better every game, or should they just stop and keep ruling the same for the rest of the season? Yeah, well, I guess you just sort of hope that was the outlier for whatever reason, and it'd be nice to hear it explained why it was given, because there must have been some reason they didn't give it, and I would like to know why. But anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, yes, uh, but that was... Uh, but yeah, that's sort of... It, I mean, we're still probably... We were down and out still after that, even for probably another good... Five minutes, and then just out of nowhere. Um, I mean, it was one ten minutes later. Out of nowhere, Joey C. Literally, our first shot of the game. Um, <laughs> at that stage, I think City had, had almost up into double figures. Uh, he just strolls in and does his thing and puts a bottom corner down. And yeah, but the goalkeeper, you reckon he should have done better? Ah, uh, yeah. I we need to start calling him like Joey X for like X Factor. Um, mm. But yeah, look, this is another beautiful one. He just he he ghosted across. Uh, cut, cutting in and ghosted across and um, cut near post instead of far post. I don't know with keeping. I, like I'm not a goalkeeper. I personally think, yep, the goalie wasn't on his toes. He was very stationary, waiting for the shot. Um, whereas you know, if you if you're shuffling, you can move quicker. But at the same time, I mean, the defense wasn't able to shut uh, Champions down, and he probably could have picked either side with a with a simple touch or an extra touch if he needed it. So if you're a keeper, how do you how do you preempt which side he's gonna go? I don't know. Yeah, look and it's still a decent shot to, you know, just squeeze in the bottom corner and yeah. yeah, it was just it was just good play, forced them back and yeah, just got us back into the game, which we just sorely needed at the time. And um yeah, I think we we are finally getting sort of the Joey C that we expected at the start of the season and maybe he just he needed this long to Get out a rapper physique and into footballer physique again or something. I don't know. But, uh... but it'll be great. It'll be great to see how he goes for Newcastle next year, given the form he's now coming into. But, <laughs> but I'll, I'll be honest. When this guy went in, I was happy it went in, but I thought it was a consolation. Even at 28 minutes, I thought, yeah, okay, well, we, we, we got one back. Good on us, plucky, plucky Queenslanders, yeah. getting one back on that you know city behemoth. Um, it was only when Gillespie scored 10 minutes later, I thought, oh, hang on. Hang on a second. Hang on, Ron here. Ron here. So yeah. was, at that point, I thought, <clears throat> good on Joey. You know, he, 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 cut in, he 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 cut in, and he cut in, and then he cut in a bit more. <laughs> and they still let him cut in. They, they let him, they let him. Would you like to keep cutting? He cut in so much, he, he needs to use safety scissors. He's, um, <laughs> yes, he was, um, he was doing well though, but he, he got the ball, yeah, nicely, just in, I thought, Glover probably could have done better because fuck, it felt like it trickled in at one point, but at least it went in. At least it went in. But um, but yeah, then we scored a second one, and I thought, hey, yeah, we scored goals. It was two shot. It was two shots, two goals, wasn't it? Um, yeah, uh, was... there was a graphic. There was a graphic towards the end of the first half which showed City having sixteen shots to our two, and it was two all at that point. Yeah, like <laughs> we just we did just get lucky, but you know that was a good quality header. You know that's that's what JHA is good at and. We call him Gillespie rose high, rose high, and yeah. Um, the, the, the city he, that's the thing. He didn't really rise high. He was surrounded by three city players, none of which jumped, and he barely got off the ground himself. I, mm. I didn't think there was much of a leap of anyone there. It was a really odd, really odd sort of goal in the sense that no one decided to defend it. Funnily <laughs> <laughs> enough, yeah. where he headed that, I wonder if the keeper could even have moved. Like it was a bit. It was back post. You always back post six yards out. You always think, shit. Is that is that a keeper's ball? Like, 
Because it wasn't back post, back post. Like, it was a good metre or two inside the post, but yeah, yeah. he wasn't anywhere near it. He, 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 probably, he, might, he might have come for it, but he also probably thought, hey, I've got three defenders around that one player it's going to. We should be fine. So, mm. you know what? I, I don't blame Glover so much for that one because look at me talking like I'm a fucking City fan. Fuck Glover. Um, <laughs> I, 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 if, I, if I was a City fan, I wouldn't blame Glover as much for that as I would the three defenders surrounding McCoy Gillespie. But, yeah. That's three Socceroos defenders you're blaming there, sir. <laughs> That's right. I mean, That's right. I, joke, but I, I guarantee you one of those would have been Curtis Wood, who is supposed to be yeah. a Socceroos defender. Get yeah, for sure. Sure. And, you know, I, I just can't wait till we play um, England in, in World Cup qualifying because um, Nicola Gillespie will surely get a call up if they're all in the squad. So, <laughs> God, what, 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 how far down the pecking order is Macaulay Gillespie getting an England call up? Yeah, he's <laughs> playing in Australia. Yeah. Well, I mean, Australia. it would have how to take a pretty think? big contract to get him to leave Brisbane Raw. So, Premier League, mm. here we come, right? <laughs> yeah, to the Premier League or A League, clearly, like, you know, it's definitely wouldn't, you know, definitely the Championship wouldn't be able to offer him a contract. Take potatoes, <clears throat> potatoes, potatoes, right? Yeah, same level. He could go and play for Melbourne City. Told you about that later. City. <laughs> Pretty much the same. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was to all at half time, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it did take it, uh, and then the the yellow card assault happened. Um, well, I want to talk about this because we're going to lead into some other comments. So let me just preface by saying Melbourne City got a little rattled. And the preceding string of yellow cards and other things we're going to talk about kind of showed that after that first 40, maybe 45 minutes, game was different. And they were a little, holy shit, we're not blasting these guys away like we thought we would. Yeah, I'm saying great. Yeah, yeah. And because they had the chance, and probably also partly because they had the chances and didn't capitalize as well. So they've butchered all his chances. It's 2-2 two, two, and they're like, fuck, we should be annihilating these people and when it doesn't come, that's when you get frustrated and, yeah, start to lash out. Um, I think Paddy Kisnorbo may have, um, may have given a bit of a hairdryer saying, look, put a fucking boot on these home dicks. on the couch with his broken leg. Oh, that's right, he wasn't there, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe, had, maybe sent the text message to, to Dez and said, oi, tell him to put a boot in on these guys. These guys aren't getting enough enough um, skin on them to, to kind of stop them from doing what they're doing going the other way. So maybe, and, and that's obviously led to you know, a quick succession of yellow cards at the start of the half but um, and towards the end of it. But yeah, it's um, Craig Noon um, basically head-butted Akbari in the mouth and didn't even give, give away a foul. What the fuck is Sean Evans doing there? I don't know. That's, he didn't even play at uh, the ball. He just body-checked him. Yeah, it, it yeah. was a deliberate body check. It was not an intention to play anything other than Mac- Akbari's face. So Jesse Daly, obviously with that yellow as well, picked up uh, his fifth suspension of the season. So he'll be missing in the next one, Dave. Right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Warren does for the upcoming games. <clears throat> um, I would anticipate Akbari will probably start. This was probably the rotation anyway. Um, but I'd like to see Danny Kim. He's in the squad for the game against Central Coast. I'd like to see Danny Kim... Get a run off the bench um, in that lineup. I, I think he's probably the next logical sort of um, one to come in for that particular role. And he's been playing well at MPL level, so I think um, I think he's he's worth half a shout in that particular role. 
Yeah, no, I think so too. It's um, he's obviously been in around the yeah. He's been in a lot of extended squads. Hasn't made the game day squads, and I think that's just because we do have that daily Akbari rotation there. It's just sort of been locked in stone. So he's probably been finding it hard, but yeah, you think he might be a good shout in the next one um, with with uh, daily being out at least maybe come on as a bit of a sub role, which for a player that I think ended up starting a game or two at the end of the last season is a little bit surprising to probably not see him as much. But uh, you know, that's life. Uh. Probably only a couple more things to probably tidy up on. Oh, well, I mean, I suppose we could talk about the goal. Um, it, <laughs> well, let's let's touch on Galloway's goal. Yeah. Credit to him. He he took that from just inside um, our half um, and dribbled through yeah. everything. Once he had his shot, ball came back to him. But the finish, the volley finish from the angle he was, holy shit. That won't be goal of the season because people will, <clears throat> will vote for some other specky from distance. But... The angle and the finish, the the form to finish that, that was that was incredibly good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah, exactly. It was like, oh fuck off, that's that's actually a great goal. It's one of those ones sometimes that where you're like, oh man, that sucks. That's my team's now down, but damn, that was a good goal. Uh, and that's you just kind of wish yeah, it was against yeah. someone else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're happy if you score against someone else, but uh, yeah, no, I agree. That yeah, that body turn, the hit on the yeah after after a really great Maisie run that um no one decided to stick a foot on and. We'll get the yellow X card, I suppose, and yeah, we just strolled through anyway. So yeah, quality finish, deserving game winner perhaps in the end as well, you could say. Um, which on balance, as we probably talked about, Robinson, he probably deserved the win, but uh, yeah, after being back in, it was also disappointing that it took something incredible to score against us, I suppose. So, hmm. uh, much else we you want to talk about? Mention... From... Sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. We should probably just mention though um, the subs that we made in this game. Um, just oh yes. About that. Yes. You talked about. Uh, a bit disappointing that we didn't press on. And um, I, I won't say a large part of that, but some part of that would have been because we reacted, I think it was like bang on 60 minutes. Um, mm, the double sub right at 60. Yeah. We went, was it Dylan Wenzel Halls? Pardon me. Uh, Dylan Kudo, and, and... Kudo and Chantness off, Wenzel Halls and Mabrata on. And I think most people at that stage thought Joey C was, he was dominant. He was our clearly so our He was that dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it was a terrible sub by me. Um, it's if it, yeah, it was just shit. Um, well, here's my question on that, Dave. Like, sixty minutes is like it was bang on. It was like sixty minutes and three seconds or something. That screams to me of someone in the physio or the conditioning space pre-game who's done the math on all the sports science said that's how long they've got if you want to play them for the rest of the season. And it felt to me a bit like a uh, what like science trumps living in the moment and actually trying to win football games? Um, yeah, probably, I, I, I'd say you're probably about right. I mean, I'd even say starting Kudo was probably reflective of that as well. <clears throat> if we're honest, um, Kudo's not been exceptionally good starting. Like he, he hasn't really kind of set the world on fire. Um, so starting him up top probably. But I, I don't mind the starting because like you rotate players. <clears throat> Right. Oh, and no, I know, okay. but, but he was obviously, is, he's obviously there to rotate players, but with a specific idea that they're going to make these two subs on yeah. 60 minutes. So Golgol coming on regardless for half an hour, Dylan for coming on for half an hour at the end with those players yeah. being substituted out. That was, like you said, and I agree 100%, that was the plan. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> whether it was, you know, Warren Moon could have said, you know what, maybe we'll give Champions five more minutes. And we'll bring Parsons on a bit earlier for instead of Danzaki and have the have the double sub then. Maybe that would have been a smarter way to go about it. <clears throat> and yeah, you lose ten more minutes out of Champions' legs in terms of overall season, but 
I think I agree that it was probably it's, it felt very much a predetermined move and you know what I'm fine like okay we're trying to rotate we're trying to keep the best possible team rolling for the next couple of weeks while we just have constant two games a week and with a pretty small squad but if it's the the correct change to me because by bringing on goal goal like the subs are sort of made around the wrong yeah officially it's Kudo off and Winslow Hall's on but it was really Kudo off my Brachter one because he takes up the striker position and that forces Dylan Winslow Hall's out wide Dylan Winslow Hall's is best when he's up front so for me, the best sub would have been to actually bring on Parsons then, and at least he would have kept that some of that pressure up of what he of what Chantness was providing out wide, uh, and then Dylan could actually take the position up forward where I feel he does his best work, and that to me just would have been a better sub to make the difference in this game. But yeah, so that that was when you had Champness doing what he was doing. Like mm. we can see Galloway who was marking him got a yellow card about ten minutes earlier. Yeah, I think um, Reese. His yellow card might have also been on champ. Like I just remember, Champness got well yeah. a few times in that back. Yeah, he literally got yeah two of the back four on the two on in the back four on his side a yellow card within minutes of each other after half time and right. yeah and he sort of you know therefore he's got them on the back foot and it just felt like we let up the we sort of took the foot off the throat yeah. a bit there. But you've got Parsons on the bench who okay right foot left foot notwithstanding is a similar style of player. He'll run at people. He'll try and take them on he'll force them to to stretch and make challenges you know like why wouldn't you make the like for like sub there but purely because you wanted to get Mabrato and dylan on or like i just i'm with you i can't understand it it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah that's it, well, it, it with that said and, and we'll, we'll seamlessly transition into the miss miss Mabrato section because we've already kind of covered what he did with wesley united and that was nothing um but look gogol did at least try to put in a shift Defensively against City, which is admirable given he's a striker. And you know, if he's not a good striker, mm. you'd have to wonder what his defensive abilities would be like. We found out. Um, he tried to defend, but nutmegged. <laughs> good onion. Go, go. He did. He did. He did actually, yeah, he did sort of half create that header chance, which JVS he, nearly followed in on. Um, he, he got a header from about six yards out, and um, he actually got his head to it watching on the replay, but he headed it straight down instead of like getting any. Head behind it, which he just got like, his head to it. He didn't control it. Yeah, which has yeah. been disappointing. That was a really good opportunity late in the game. Like he just, I, I don't know. I don't know how he still gets minutes. Because <laughs> I don't think he's got anyone else. That's the. I just I think the NPL side bagging six more goals <laughs> after we took Parsons away from him. Yeah, does we do have somebody else? His name is Sarah's Demi. He's coming in against Central Coast. Bring the lad on. Yeah, that's it. Um, there was a couple of late bookings that City picked up as well, which were they were rush challenges as well. Um, which, yeah, when they're three two up, you think you know, you know, you just don't do anything stupid. You're winning the game. But I remember anyway. O'Neill's was particularly egregious. I remember thinking that would have warranted more punishment if he, like, the recklessness of the challenge was only made look not as bad by the evasive action by whoever he got. I can't remember who it was. I just remember mm. thinking at the time if it had got him. Wouldn't the have way been he was trying goal. to get him. No, it would have been someone who runs. He wouldn't have moved. Um, he, w- he didn't move that fast. It would be goal goal. <laughs> yeah, so Melbourne, oh, Melbourne, Melbourne even up, even ahead, were a bit rattled. So. Mm. Yeah, I guess, and that's that's probably the promising thing to take out of the game is, yeah, okay, in the end we didn't win, but we definitely rattled them um, and proved they're not they're not flawless. Um, so ride it out the storm a bit. Got two goals. Got back in the game. Yeah, look, we're in a really heavy schedule and just didn't have the. You know, if we only play one game a week, we probably don't sub off Joey C at that time, and yeah, you know, things could be different. But uh, 
anyway, it uh, it continues our incredibly poor run in Melbourne. Um, as I said, we haven't beaten them for. We'll 10 have years him back. Ago. We'll have him back in Brisbane. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If only that was soon. I'll wait. It's like uh, two weeks away. Uh, so that does. Uh, is that right? Are we back in seventh? Yeah, we are in seventh at the moment, but the the league is so tight. There's literally two points from yeah. seventh to second. Like it's we could, yeah, we could ridiculous. win our next game and jump five positions. Yeah. So I'm looking at it right now, at exactly this moment on Tuesday when there wasn't any games. If we've got at least one game in hand on every team above us, and if we win that game, we're second outright yeah. on points. So that's, that's a, it's a it's yeah. a blanket over that field. It is so so tight. It's so great because Western United are only two points behind us and Wellington, like another one. So you're literally talking two wins between second and ninth. Like, Five points. Yep. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's still anyone's game. No one's really got a massive goal difference. We've still technically got the best at eight, but you know that's not. Wow. Yeah. It's. I mean, if you want to look at where there's a clear different differential in the league, it's City's goal difference at 25, uh, Victory and Jets at minus 29 and 15. To be fair, I guess City got about 11 of those in against Melbourne Victory. Um, <laughs> 13, mate. <laughs> 13. Um, but everyone else is super close. Like you know, between minus seven and plus eight, like it's you know everyone's pretty evenish really for 20 games in. You know, to still have only single digit goal differences. Um, Even Perth, like if they were to win one or two games today, they're the only other team on 19 fixtures played. If they were to win one or two, they're right back in the mix as well, you know, within six or seven points of the lead. So pretty crazy. Yeah. And there's just, there's just a general lack of form. Like we were the, we, you know, we've shot back into contention because of our good run of form and uh, Wanderers have at least won a couple after they lost us. So they've sort of vaguely turned it around, but yeah, there's a, there was quite a lot of draws and losses in amongst those teams that were sitting pretty in the top six and, yeah, it's uh, it's it's close, and it's uh, it's going to go right down to the wire. Like, yeah, it's it's uh, going to be a good handy finish to the season. So, anyway, so that's yeah, we're, we've won eight, drawn six, lost five, twenty nine goals for twenty one against thirty points on the board. As we just said, super close. Next up, it's uh, we're back out to the Aquatic Wildlife Stadium for our midweek games because apparently that's all we get now is midweek home games. Uh, so it's Brisbane Raw v Central Coast on at Wednesday. It's tomorrow, so this might already happen by the time you listen to it, or maybe you're listening to it out on the way out there. Uh, tomorrow on the way home. Yeah, on the way home, maybe. Um, this is a This was what you thought of the game. Yeah, it uh, might cover both ends of the spectrum here. We have gone pretty long tonight already. Um, they're currently in fourth position, but as we said, it's super close. They're only two points ahead of us uh, with a plus three goal difference. Uh, last out, so they've they've had uh, ten games between ten days between games. That's nice for them. A one-one, one-one draw with Melbourne Victory. Uh, so they haven't won for a while, have the Mariners? So they haven't won in their last five at all. So they're not in good I form. I know since the first of April. Yeah, that's um, that's quite the form slip. Uh, for what a joke. Men. A bit of. <laughs> After they're leading for so long as well. Um, what do you reckon about this one? Uh, who, who wants to talk? Uh, Dave, you talk about Central Coast, and then Dave. Okay. Can talk about all right. Um, mate, based based on form lines, if we don't beat Central Coast at home, um. Right, our season off because we should be beating Central. And, and, and let, let's not be silly about it. We're not going to go flow on four 0 like we did last time. <clears throat> there were, you know, we've got two late goals with that. It was really nice to have a nice big win, but it, we, we should we should beat Central Coast with the form that they're in. As much as they've been a good side this year, I think our side, our team is better and offensively more sound. And thank you, Azurena. Still out for this one, or is he yep. back now? Because I think he got yep. dropped back to two games. 
Yeah, dropped back to a two-game suspension, I think it was. But even then, that would mean he misses this game. So they don't have one of their key players in there still, <clears throat> and yeah, we, we should win this game. Um, I'll be disappointed if we don't. Yeah, it, it's a good chance to at least get another home win up our sleeve and continue that momentum. And uh, after we didn't win home for a couple of months, and you know, Central Coast Mariners, they're uh, they're a team we like to beat. Um, so we should have a confidence going in against them. That's for sure. So, uh, so that'll be an interesting one. Hopefully, this rain stays away as. There's been storms around, so yeah, let's hope the rain doesn't ruin this one as well. And it might stay just dry enough. Uh, then following that, Dan, it's uh, Adelaide United away uh, on a Sunday evening, 6pm kickoff on Sunday, down there at Highmark Stadium. So they're currently in third, but they're also on 32 points and plus three. How oh, they split those two up? Is it on goal scored? Yes, just <laughs> scored two more goals than Central Coast Mariners have the Adelaide United. Um, so, you know, two teams that if we're looking to jump up the ladder, they're right, they're sitting right there to be taken. And But Adelaide United are a different threat, and they're generally a bit better at home, I think you'd say, Dan. I think so. I think they've got one of the best attacks, or at least the best, some of the best attacking depth. I mean, if you discount Sydney, uh, sorry, City, because they're a different, different beast this season. But yeah, Adelaide... They they got a real chance to run at us. Um, if Central Coast will be a, like a gritty gritty kind of game, and we'll have to to really battle it out, Adelaide will, will run at us and, and really put us under pressure. So um, we can really only return that back. I'd like to say our defense is pretty solid, but of the teams that I think can crack us, Adelaide's probably one of them. So we're going to have mm. to find some some answers in attack as well. Which yeah, we've got attacking options. So Adelaide are really yeah. hot cold. So. You never know. Yeah, I don't know you say that, but they've actually been, it's been 2 0 draws in their last two games. Um, mm. So they just haven't, but I think they've sort of dominated and just haven't been able to ball in the back of the net. Had one or two red cards as well. They do play Melbourne City away uh, in between as well. So they play on Thursday. So uh, they'll have that one day's less break um, against us as well. So yeah. Um, that, that would be interesting could... if they lose to City. That'll, they will also be five games without a win coming into playing us. Mm. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's it. Like, it's sort of all these teams, their form lines are just falling apart, which means if you can go on a run right now, then second place is sitting there open to go and grab. Like, and yeah, if the confidence for us is up and the tails are up and we're scoring, that's a good place to be, even though we've got a lot of games. But, you know, if games keep coming and you're doing well, then most players will tell you they're happy to keep playing. So that'll be... Well, I don't think they're doing a lot of training now. I think that's the general feedback I've been hearing from a lot of clubs. They're just... Like they're saying, well, look, we just don't train; we just play now. Just and play, then, recover. Recovery. Yeah, a bit yeah. of um, a little bit of you know, video work. Yeah, because yeah. it's been a lot of like home away, home away as well. So that means travel um, yeah. in all that as well. So you know, you lose a day to travel both ways, and yeah, what else do you have time for? Apart from pretty much, yeah, watch a bit of video and talk about how how some of the other weaknesses might be and. Record yeah. a raw t- raw TV podcast and um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, um, yeah. So uh, yeah, six p.m. kicks ten past six p.m. kickoff on Sunday evening on on all you guys. So yeah, get around that one if uh, you are doing uh, the away trip down there. There are some things being organised by um, there are two people that are on uh, Dave's uh, raw fan files actually. So um, so Tegan and. Uh, Richard Rohr have been organising a bit of something uh, for if you are travelling away to Adelaide. So you can go and have a look at um, Richard Rohr's social for information on that and things like pregame. So I'm sure there's something yeah. there every day of the week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So um, Yeah, it was a big weekend away, apparently. Yeah, yeah, good on him. Good on him, you know, might as well do something different. Um, go to Adelaide. 
Yeah, go on Adelaide. Uh, you why? know the best thing about Adelaide is? Leaving. All the big balls in the mall. Well, the best thing about Adelaide is is that you can instantly <laughs> go back in time, so, you know, <laughs> see, see what things were like 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shouldn't be so mean. Uh, anyway. Adelaide, yes, Adelaide. Um, NPL, let's move on a bit of NPL Queen and a bit of NPL. So we sort of already mentioned it before, actually, but coming into the squad uh, for this weekend, um, Dave, uh, for this next game, uh, Cyrus Demi. He really dominated in this one. So it was Logan Lightning 1, Max McPhill in the 61st, but uh, Brisbane Raw 6, Cyrus Demi with the... Uh, with the four, so what do you call that? A double? Is that a double hat trick in your mind? Or... Uh, that's a hat trick plus one, mate. A hat trick plus one. You're not one of those ones that's like a double. Yeah, a double hat trick is two hat tricks. That's a six goals. That's yeah. right. That's six. Probably yeah. some other name people call it. Um, and Ben Holiday, yeah, yeah. So he scored in the yeah all in the second half. Really pile them on early in the second half. 46, 50th, 60th, the penny, and the 90 plus one. Ben Holiday in the 54th, and Eli Adams in the 76th. Um, yeah. Cyrus Demi in this one, Dave. You got a good watch of this one. Um, I did actually get a chance to watch this one because I, I chucked it on NPL TV. You know, as I said, it's um, if you haven't got anything to do, free account, log in. Great to be able to watch any NPL game, not just in Queensland, but you know, uh, in New South Wales and Victoria as well, which is pretty good. Um, <clears throat> but Cyrus Demi, uh, well, Brisbane Raw were probably the dominant side first half. Logan just, I suppose, did enough to hold them out. Um, but they just. They started the second half and just didn't open the floodgates straight away. It was within, I think it was about 50-odd seconds that they scored the first. And, uh, and uh, yeah, Demi, Demi with a little tap in. But um, but it just kept going and kept going and kept going. And by the time 60 minutes were up, um, Demi was putting away his third goal uh, in a 4-0 <laughs> lead. So in the space of 15 minutes, they'd, they'd put four away. And then Logan Lightning decided, you know what, we'll score a goal just to kind of turn it up a notch and put five goals in the first 16 minutes of the second half. So um, and it I was a pretty... optimistic run back, run back to the centre as well. Yeah, you know, we pulled it back. It's 4-1, lads. It's on. Yeah, it's it on. on. Half an hour to go, yeah. Hey, it was, in front, it, was in, it was in front of the home, home support, mate. You've got to put in some sort of effort to show yeah. that you're going to try and get it back. But, it wasn't um, a bad goal from Logan. I know we want to talk about how great we are, but that was a pretty good play. Down the left, short mm. passes, good finish, low and slotted past yeah. the keeper. It's good. Absolutely. And look, Brisbane Raw have been a quality side all year. They're sitting third for a reason, right? Um, this Logan Lightning side is not going to be the first to get tonked by this Brisbane Raw side or any other side in the MPL that's up near the top. But um, uh, but Logan was also a promoted side from last year, so they, they're on a learning curve for this season anyway. Um, Cyrus Demi, though, damn, he is he's dangerous. He is a dangerous striker in excellent form. He is leading the golden boot um, with Andy Pangeli of um, Penn Power. Should be noted, Alex Parsons, eight goals. I mean, nine goals. Parsons hasn't been playing for the better part of a friggin' month. So, <laughs> so um, Demi's really kind of just picked up where, where Parsons left off and just started banging. I think he's got eight goals in his last three games. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, Brisbane Raw. Deservedly sitting uh, third at the moment with 19 like, points. Yeah, just pace and size. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a quality. He it, it just like, yeah, pace, size, good quality, um, like strong feet. Like, yeah, really good looking player when you sort of watch the highlights. So it'll be really good, interesting to see if he does actually get a run in the team. Is you know, is that a different option to try and change it up off the bench and um, bring on someone different as well? So you know, maybe he would have been a good option. Using passes. Why wouldn't you use his teammate from MPL Demi? For the last twenty mm. minutes, it just Absolutely. makes sense. Start passing. No, he's he, already played thinking. a game against uh, Wellington in in Newcastle. He got a bit of time, if yeah. you remember, in that game. So, yeah. um, you know, he, he's seen the setup. It won't be 
you know, star, starstruck with, you know, what 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 am I getting into this time? He's, he's been there, done that once. He's been on an away trip. Fucking hell, what an away trip. Um, almost got <laughs> stranded in Newcastle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but, yeah, he, he'll. I reckon he'd be an excellent option off the bench late at, you know, tiring, tiring Central Coast defenders. It would be an absolute nightmare to, to defend against. Um, and mm. a better option than goal goal. So, yeah. Undemi. A low bar. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 like trying to clear high jump for a toddler, mate. It's <laughs> uh, it is that. So yeah, Brisbane Roar are in third place in the NPL Men's Queensland. Uh, Played eight one six, drawn one, lost one, thirty three goals, seven against nineteen points on the board. And next up, oh boy, Redlands United, uh, who are currently sitting. Is twelfth stone last? Or have they got fourteen teams this year? Uh, there's fourteen teams. 14 well, they, they actually just got a, a derby win. Redlands, they just beat Capalaba 3-1 um, oh, really? this weekend as well, so Capalaba mid-tail about the same sort of spot as Logan, but um, mm. you'd, be, you'd be surprised if if Logan, uh, if Redlands get anything more than a multiple goal loss here again. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, so that's uh, Saturday evening out there at Cleveland Showgrounds. Technically a Brisbane home game, but they're just playing all their games at the opposition's venue this season, so 6.15 kickoff on uh, Saturday 16th of May, if you want to get involved in that. Uh, MPLW Queensland time and the Brisbane Royal QAS team um, jumped out to a very early lead, 1-0. Ellen Get in the second minute. Uh, Mitchelton then spent most of the game trying to pull it back and uh, pulled it back to Rachel Dudley in the 65th uh, to make it 1-1. Um, probably not too much to talk about from this one. Um, certainly seemed like Mitchelton were doing most of the attacking as they rolled through. And, uh, yeah, But, you know, at least that's a point on the board and uh, I think they'd had a couple of losses that uh, Brisbane Royal QAS team, so probably good to at least, you know, get a solid result and, uh, yeah, continue their run. So, next, so they're currently in 13th spot, played 9, won 2, drawn 2, lost 5, 11 goals, 4, 19 against, 8 points on the board. Next up for them is Peninsula Power, who are in 17th, and I think that's last off the top of my memory. They have not been very good this year, Peninsula Power and the MPLW. Uh, so, that's Saturday, 16th of May, 4pm kickoff, out at AJ Kelly. Uh, so, quite tricky to do both if you really wanted to, but, you know, if you feel like um, risking a speeding fine, maybe you could get between both games and... And uh, see, see, see them. Uh, see both teams play over on Saturday. Let's move on to a little bit of news. Uh, probably the big news, I think, is well, it's a bit of signing news actually. It's all been, um, you know, it's all been up and up in the air. Different couple of things going on. So, but we'll start with the more interesting news. And I think it's because uh, Tamika Yallop is off to West Ham, Dave. After yeah, going... yeah. Just announced overnight. Yallop is off to um, to the Hammers. So. Joining uh, uh, Mac Arnold um, out Mac there Arnold. as well. So, and, um, Donna, excellent Emily, opportunity. And Emily, uh, who's the midfielder? Uh, what's her name? The, the real no, no, not her. The one that has a coach who coached in the A-leg um, at Newcastle Jets. Um, oh, Van Egmond. Yeah, Van Egmond, yes. Thank you. Uh, ben Egmond there as well. Um, you know, a little bit of a Matilda's cluster in, in, uh, in London there as well, with obviously a whole bunch of them at Arsenal. And uh, uh, Alana Kennedy at Tottenham as well. So, and Sam Kerr over at uh, Chelsea, who of course won the league on the weekend as well, won the Golden Boot. Yeah, if there's any surprise why they're all reaching out, chasing after all the bloody Aussie girls, <laughs> yeah. Sam Kerr is there. Like, Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, wait, this this Tamika Yellett match, Sam Kerr in scoring, and the yeah, we could probably take a look at her. Uh, it's probably, uh, probably so, worth a gamble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, by the way, Sam Kerr just amazing. The stat that she's won six different Golden Boots in the last. Five years for in three different continents. So, like, she won the W League. I think it's, I think it's in four years, mate. 
Sorry? Six golden boots in four years at three different competitions. Yeah. Incredible. Like, just incredible. So, um, and her, the combination, her and Fran Kirby for that Chelsea team as well. Off the charts for a comedy combination. Anyway. This for four different the... teams, I should point out as well, sorry. For mm, four different teams. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, oh, she continues to prove that she's, uh, she's a very good player. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, well done to Meeks off the West Ham. So, um, good luck to her over there. Uh, their season's just ended over there, so she'll be just looking up with them for the start of next season. So, it'll be a month or two before she needs to head over there. Because, uh, yeah, they literally finish on the weekend. Um, although there is some FA Cup, I think, this weekend for them. If we move back into the A-League scene, we've signed we've signed a new player, Anthony Burke Gilroy. As a new okay. player, uh, increasing our double-barreled surnames in the team. And double-barreled right-backs. Our double-barreled right-backs as well, yes. Um, we love our acronyms, so ABG. Well, I guess ABG we'll is 100% what I'll be calling him when I'm tweeting. ABG. Yeah, ABG, JBS, DWH. Oh, JBS is sunscreen, mate. Come yeah, sounds great. Yeah, exactly. JBS is no longer JBS. He he has a he has a um uh a brand. So he's going to call him what fifty plus now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. SPF. SPF. Fifty plus. He needs it on. He needs it playing at night. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, this was announced this morning as record. Um, and yeah, play with Jesse Dale at Tacoma Defiance over there in the US of E. And they're a bit of a roomies, Dave. Yeah, well, that's what it said in the um, in the Raw article yeah. that they were. Um, he was a he was a roommate of of uh, Jesse Daly, so clearly giving him the the good word and um, picked him up from from MPL Victoria uh, from a team <clears throat> incidentally sitting second last in the MPL Victoria uh, with six draws and five losses for the year. So, you know, high-quality team at the moment. Um, someone asked yesterday uh, when I was when it was kind of brought up that it was a player from Altona, um, if, whether or not they're still in the FFA Cup. No, they, they're out. They lost to a lower-level side. So, yeah, welcome, Anthony. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you're not as bad as the, as the form suggests. Yeah, that's it. You know, maybe, maybe the right-hand side's been... Maybe it's all been in the left-hand side where the problems have been... Uh, for Alterna Magic, and the right-hand side's been holding up all right. Who knows? So, um, you know, he, he just comes in for a short-term contract uh, to, towards it for the end of the season to, for replacing it. Which I haven't really heard what's wrong with Jack. Is it knee? Uh, again? Someone said in the and socials that hammy. hammy at training. Oh, uh, okay. Right. Which I guess if you do a hammy now, that's pretty much you done for the rest of almost the rest of the season if it's a bad one. So, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's what they're expecting. It That was part of that announcement. This is injury replacement for the rest of the season, so... Yeah. Uh, the other one is as well was uh, Patrick Flotman ended his uh, ended his short term contract and when the club signed him on a short term deal, they weren't lying. Twelve days, he played <laughs> four games. He played all four of them. He got minutes in all four for a grand total of twenty four minutes of playing time. I'm pretty sure two of those games he came on after the ninetieth minute just to waste time. Yes, like that yes, was his right. greatest contribution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So um. Dave I, don't, is... I don't get it. Can can you guys explain that to me? Like, like we signed him, he's gone after twelve days, and we've signed another defender. I don't. I'm lost. What what's um, going on? He was there under injury cover, so mm-hmm. he must have been. I dare say he was. I mean, theoretically, we would have re-signed him, but he was obviously a centre defender. I dare say Aldred's back. He, we needed him for four games ultimately because of fixture congestion. So there's a reason mm. for him to be there, but um, maybe he's just not a fullback. And we lose Hingert, so we needed a fullback. 
That, that is reckon... probably the only weird part is like we had one defender out, so we signed a defender, and then another defender goes out injured, and you, so we go and sign a different unit. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, maybe Patrick Flotsam decided he, like maybe there's some other MPL deal or something that he's hooked up and he's going to go play there mm-hmm. instead. I think he's, he was, he's playing he's for Sydney. The, yeah, he's a Sydney FC player. I don't know yeah, if he's officially gone back there or not. Has he? Or I, no, I think he's going back to Sydney. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, I, I imagine uh, Anthony will probably sit on the bench. Might. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, odds on he'll have to start somewhere. Hey, because I don't think you're going to get Brindle South starting the next seven games in the next three weeks in a high intensity role like that. So he's going to have to start. So he's hopefully. We do he's have Jordan to... Courtney Perkins as well, um, and Scott Neville could push out there. Yeah, um, that was the thing that got me, and that's why I didn't buy the the Flutman argument being a central defender versus a right back because Scotty Noble's a right back. So mm. same dunk to me if you just if you've already got the squad together and you decided when we hired Flot Flotman that he was the best choice at the time, but what's happened in the last twelve days that's made that not be the best choice anymore. Yeah. It was, yeah, but it Jesse weird. Daly recommended ABG. So Flotman wasn't recommended by Jesse Daly. Yeah, I, I guess it's, I honestly suspect we got to gang down Central Coast and went, oh shit, we we really need another defender here. And Sydney were like, we got Flotman. You want to have him? <laughs> she was sending him down the road. <laughs> yeah, he lives on the north side of Sydney. He can get up there and play tonight for you. All right, in you come, Patty. <laughs> we quickly shove a jersey through the steam press at Central Coast Mariners, and yeah, out he goes and plays four games. You know, I just, but I just can't a, understand. A game bonus for every game. <laughs> so you know, it's probably made a bit of money. We joke about the the daily impact on signing Burke Gilroy, but it's got to be something like that, right? Like, how do you find a guy? You said he's playing in Victoria. Like, how do you find a guy like that and go, yeah, he's the one oh, no, it, it was above anyone else in the country? It was 100% Jesse Daly would have said he's pretty good. Um, and they would have gone, all right, we'll have a look at him. And then they said, yeah, you'll probably do a yeah. job. That was it. I reckon that was, that was the entire yeah. process. I don't think it was a case of... Let's go scour the land to see who the best fullback is for for a short term thing. They would have gone to ABG or Daddy would have gone to ABG and said, "Hey, I'm trying to get you a gig here for short term cover. Are you down?" And he's like, "Yeah, right, let's go hang out again." Yeah. So Jesse yeah, Daddy's now got his best buddy. Like, I've got a place here to stay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That'd be just like old time. He's he's probably gone. Look, it'll be just twelve days, right? <laughs> Patrick Flop is going to be anything to go by. It's twelve days. You'll be back back yeah, home twelve day you know. contract. No, you know what it is. If they're there for longer than two weeks, you actually have to pay them. A twelve-day contract is like you don't even make a pay cycle. <laughs> He's on. Um, oh, was it? Was it? Uh, was it when you you just start a new job and you you uh, uh, yeah. they can um, get rid of you uh, after certain? Um, yeah, you know uh, what I'm talking about. Yeah, in when probation. you're in the workplace, probation. Probation. Yeah. He's on probation. Yeah. So Flopman was on probation. Clearly, did did something not good enough. You know, played. I uh, didn't quite get. You know, well, that's where seven, I'm going with seven you, minutes right? a game. Not being funny, I think that's what happened. We've brought Flopman up. We've got him out on the training park and gone. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> then why did we still oh, use no. him for three games? <laughs> like, well, we why did we go sign else, a bloke on the recommendation of a centre midfielder who's twenty odd years old, twenty three years old? A centre midfielder <laughs> who's not a regular starter and is suspended. <laughs> If, if if Tommy Aldred, for whatever reason, recommended a player in Australia, I'd listen to him. If Jamie Young, being a senior person in the team, recommended a player, I'd go look at Jesse Daly. Right, quick one, quick one, because we're spending way too long on freaking ABG yeah. and Flotman. Uh, um, does does ABG get more game time minutes than Flotman did? Yep. Ooh. 
I could see him not actually start getting on the park. So I, I, I reckon not. he'll get less. I reckon yeah, he'll get less. Anyway. Um, he might get he might get a token appearance, but I don't think he'll get any game time. I could um, see like JCP and Powell getting onto the bench and him getting dropped to NPL. That's a player we actually haven't heard much for a while. Is Isaac Powell? Where's he? I assume he's still running around for an NPL team. But NPL. Yeah, NPL. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Um, yeah, so that, that's the ins and outs of the of the team for the moment. Some people thought it was going to be a big announcement, but I don't think the club ever hyped it up as a big announcement. It was just... Well, there was an article. I know we're trying not to uh, belay the, the transfer news anymore, but there was an article about uh, good old Matty Steinman, who's been on the radar or was mentioned on the radar a few weeks ago, about now he's he's legit, like he's out and he's free to travel and stuff. So they were saying that might be back on the table and there was rumours that he signed for us, for if not now, for next year. I think he. I think we. He, if he is signed, he is signed for us next year when we've got Spezza spots free, and he's not coming this year. If that's happening, or maybe he links up with us for ACL. Maybe, but that seems unlikely to be honest. That's uh, what I was actually thinking because the ACL rules are a bit more flexible if you've got because um, they don't count the Asian players as foreign. Yeah. Oh no, then they count one. So you only got three. Yeah, but three Rico will be foreigners. gone, right? Yeah, Rico so gone. We'll have three. Yeah, but then we have three there. Yeah. We'd still have okay. three. We'd still have O'Shea, Aldred, and Gillespie. So, you know, probably yeah, not going to okay. replace any of those three with him. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Jay O'Shea was nominated for the PFA Player of the Month. Uh, so well done to Jay. He has been running our midfield quite well. Uh, and one of the key reasons, so those, uh, those key ball, pin balls for our fast wingers. So he's been doing well. Um, Dave thinks that um, Jay Mack is winning this award anyway, so it doesn't really matter. And he probably could be quite right there. It's just uh, nice to be nominated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, look, it's one of those nice things, right? Um, yeah, this Eric Pardalou interview was... Uh, this was a bit interesting, wasn't it? Um, who was across this one more, Dave? I think you were, or...? Yeah, I had to listen to the um, the chat with Adam Peacock, and, <clears throat> man, the the bad the, the boy's struggling um, over there in India. It's obviously... We're not going to make this a political podcast, but he's none too impressed by the whole, um, uh, you know ban on people from India coming back to Australia and, you know, potentially being jailed by the federal government. Um, and, and that, you know, that information hits home. It's not like, you know, you send out a press release saying you come back and you go to jail. That that kind of hits pretty hard to anyone overseas, as you might imagine. Um, yeah. They, they, they've obviously been in a bubble for the better part of sort of five or six months now, playing their league, playing for Bangaroo. Um, but... Um, yeah, he mentioned that when you go overseas in some of these um, Asian countries, you, you lose a bit of yourself. He mentioned he lost a bit of himself in South Korea where things didn't go perfectly to plan. And now in India with the COVID bubbles, it's, it's, it's life's a bit hard for him. He's quite isolated over there. So um, in, in terms of, I suppose, what's happened more recently, though, this is only really today that's came out, they, of course, had to travel to the Maldives for an AFC Cup qualifier. And I understand reading the uh, the World Game article that they went over there on the condition of obviously staying in their bubble and not coming out and going around seeing the sights or anything like that. Um, this is a qualifier just to get into the group stage of the AFC Cup, the second tier, not the Europa League of, of Asia, so to speak. Um, and him, uh, a Spanish um, player, also playing for his club, and one of the staff uh, were caught out and about in the city, I think at a market or something like that. And um, the statement from the club said, yeah, we will be dealing with these uh, with the players harshly. So 
I don't know. That, that's not going to make anything any better for Eric Padler, who's already come out basically saying, "Yeah, it's not fun. I'm pretty pretty down about this whole situation." So he's um feel for the lad. Um, it's it's not a fun time for him over there, but hopefully um hopefully it's well, that's where all the bad is yeah, I mean, made out to be by the club there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it hit more of the media here because of the cricketers involved in this situation. Um, you know, who all decided to go over there, and they kept trying to play the, the cricket league in a bubble even when the country was just disintegrating uh, around them almost um, with, with the number of cases that were getting reported, let alone unreported over there. Oh. So, yeah, and they've all escaped the Maldives as well. So the Maldives has been the place where, you know, those with a fair bit of money have been able to escape to and maybe perhaps coincidentally have been able to play this football game. But, yeah. Tough, tough. Anyway, that's, yeah, COVID life is still very real outside of Australia, and I think sometimes it's hard to forget. It's easy to forget that uh, as well. Yeah. So, um, oh, this, this episode's already gone for way too long, so we won't have a Dave's game tonight. Uh, but it's ah. tipping. Right. Um, Jesus, this episode's going to go for nearly two hours. What um, I'm hearing is the price you forfeited. I'll take that point. So I'm going <laughs> to lose anyway, so... What's the point? I lose even when I'm like ahead of the game so much from bullshit. Anyway, I'm still better. Topic, the topic was things that Pricey knows. So, you know, you would, I reckon you would have been a chance, but never mind. <laughs> Let's get on some tipping yeah. then. Let's just get the tipping done and out of the way. We've got nine games. We'll smash through it real quick and we'll go one by one. So, Dan, you're first up. Thursday, Melbourne City versus Adelaide. Who are you tipping? That should be a fun game, but Melbourne City are better. Quick, mate. No comments needed here. MacArthur versus Melbourne victory is my one. I'm uh, I'm going to tip a draw because both of them are garbage. Um, Western United versus Sydney, pricey. Uh, Sydney. Newcastle versus Central Coast in an F3 derby. Dan. Ah, uh, let's go draw. About right for their form, guys. Mm. Uh, Melbourne City versus Wellington on the Sunday. I'm going to back Melbourne City because they're Melbourne City. Adelaide versus Brisbane. Pricey, who you got? I'll go draw. Perth versus Wellington Dan over there in the West. No, it's Western Sydney. Sydney, sorry. Perth was Western Sydney. Western Sydney then. Sydney versus Melbourne victory in a midweek big blue, and that's going to be Sydney because victory. Um, And (laughs) Pricey, Perth versus Adelaide in the West. Oh, man, that can go anywhere. Midweek. Um, Adelaide. All right. So just to recap real quickly, City versus Adelaide. We've got Melbourne City being tipped. MacArthur, Melbourne victory. We've got the draw. Western United versus Sydney. We're backing Sydney FC. Newcastle Central Coast. We've got the draw. Melbourne City over Wellington. The draw for Adelaide, Brisbane. Western Sydney over Perth in Perth. Uh, Sydney over Melbourne victory in Sydney. And Adelaide to defeat Perth in Perth. That uh, now all of these polls will obviously be on Twitter, so jump onto at the Rawcast. You'll find uh, the nine polls in a row. Just click on all the results you think are, are doing well. Actually, I should probably give a score update too because that's <clears throat> probably going to give you some incentive to see what you're actually going for. Eight, Yeshiva, my friend, still last, uh, fifty-eight points. Um, that'll be the case, I think, for a while. So. I don't know if we want to lock him in for seventh now. Um, Dan, you are sixth place. You are 76 points. Well within reach, though, of those just above you. Uh, ben is on 83, is in fifth. Pricey, you're just one above on 84 points. And it is that's that's fourth, officially smack bang in the middle of the contest. The top three, though, literally one point between the three of us. Myself and you, the listeners, on 88. 
is on 89. It is tight at the top. And this is, of course, prior to the two games being played on the Wednesday, Brisbane Central Coast, Perth, Western United. If this comes out prior to those, on our Twitter, vote on those two games. Those polls are up there now. You can do it. Do it. That's it. Get around the listeners. Get involved. Uh, we're also at facebook.com slash the Rawcast, so we post up things through there if you want to give us a follow on there at the Rawcast on Twitter. Uh, anchor.fm slash the Rawcast, that's where all these are uploaded, but they're put out on all the good podcasting platforms Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, anywhere you want to try and find us, we should be there. I reckon that'll about do us for this week. Thank you very much, Dave. Cheers, mate. Thank you, listeners. Thanks, Dan. And thank you, Mr. Danny Butts. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Everyone have a good week. And, hey, let's let's flog those bloody Mariners. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, the Mariners, yeah. yeah let's, let's also beat that Adelaide team. Yeah, those guys. Adelaide. Yeah. Like everyone that's not us. Yeah, beat everyone. Yeah. Beat people in the tunnel in Adelaide. Wait, no, hang on. We don't know yeah. <laughs> anyway. Hey, everybody. Everyone else sucks except for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, that'll do us. Yeah. Uh, see you next week, listeners. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Love you.